Welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you in your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast, and joined as always by co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor, Brent Nicholson. Sarah, I hope you're feeling pretty good. Are you? I mean, it's feeling a good, good season. You notice it's spring and yeah. all that stuff is happening. Spring's my favorite season. It's not even really close. Oh, okay. A lot of people love fall. I don't I dislike fall, fall yeah. but... Um, spring, there's just something yeah. about like, I love seeing color just show up. And I know there's color yeah. in fall, but like everything's kind of been just dull and you start seeing That's green, true. greens and greener than you ever see it. And, and fall is a warning that things good. are about to get bad. <laughs> Instead of about to get good. Could be. <laughs> but so you look at that way. Things kind I still like fall best, good. but spring's awesome. It I is. love the it's smells of spring. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's weird. There's no question. There's flowers everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Mark, what season so, do you like? I, I like spring, summer, and fall. I know. Of course. I've got to say something different. Well, I but it's like winter, too. So yeah, You don't but, like winter, though. I really like those three. Yeah, winter's just okay. Yeah. I like winter, all right. Yeah. Um, Brett, can you tell us a little bit about the series that we're in and kind of conversations we've been having on the podcast? Yes, I can. Uh, we're in a series called Restore, and Restore is all around the idea that uh, in the book of Haggai, it opens by God telling the people that they've let the temple of his his presence fall in disrepair, and they were there to rebuild it, and they didn't, and um, and they put it off for fourteen years actually, and so we use that as a metaphor that now we we are the temple. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, and after going through twenty twenty and being kind of in disrepair ourselves, how can we restore? our own souls and what can we do to really get back in touch and provide um, God that place, that temple that we're supposed to be both individually and collectively uh, and experience his presence on a greater levels. How can we do that intentionally? What are some of the things we can do in our lives after kind of a rough year? And so each of the subjects on Sunday has been about that. And then we're also providing resources and trying to encourage people to talk about that in their groups. But then also on the podcast, it's another angle just to stay on that subject to help people out. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a good conversation. Um, and Mark Weaver, who's our guest today on the podcast. Hi, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. It's going to be fun. Good to be here. Um, you also taught during this series as well. Mm, I believe I did. What was what? What did you teach on? Uh, <laughs> Just in case she wasn't listening case. as closely. <laughs> she should have. No, she knows. Uh, I'll put it in so, my notes. Yeah, so... Um, it, the purpose of our redemption is for restoration. Mm. Uh, I think so often that we will, uh, we, we stop at, well, you know, I've been redeemed. I've got a ticket to heaven, but the, the idea was that uh, to make a way to the Father, and so heaven would come into us. So it is uh, uh, the purpose of redemption is actually for the restoration. Mm. That was the tact I took. Yeah, it was great. Um, and it was, I, I've been, I've been in one life, I don't know, like eight or nine years 10 somewhere around there but i've been on staff five years but i think it was one of my favorite times that you taught oh well, thank i thought you. it was yeah um uh, well next to the one where we got to I, I was we, got to, we interview, got to interview we got to have yeah. a conversation together yeah. that was fun uh you guys can find that one somewhere on the website there's yeah. a little easter egg go find the the message where mark and i were on stage together it was fun uh, we even went over to henderson and did that one mm-hmm. it was a fun day um okay mark we always like to start out trying to get to know a little bit about the people that you've been on the podcast before. Some people might know you, but you are um, lead elder at at One Life Church. Um, And then, I don't know, anything else about you that's interesting or fascinating? (laughs) Interesting or fascinating? Not in the list. I know some things that are fascinating, but... No, I I, I can't think so. You know, I think that that trivia for me is as a certified financial planner for 35 years, Mm -hmm. had my own financial planning practice, but most people don't realize I was a pharmacist. That's, That's the zig in my life uh, at least my business life I, so. yeah, I didn't know that for the longest time because brett mm-hmm. always calls you dr weaver and i yeah. was like oh oh okay. yeah mm-hmm. but it was unrelated to the pharmacy thing yeah. oh. it was yeah. just a thing i felt like he needed the title as yeah. a 
I, I have a PhD. I have a Pentecostal hairdo, so it was a PhD type of thing. It's a very so, good yeah. hairdo. Yeah, you if go. you're watching on YouTube, that's you right. guys can see it. There that's right. There you go. The um, hairdo, that's the envy of all other hairdos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, we, I did have two questions that I, right. I gave you. So one of them, um, and, and you were part of the team that made One Life happen and launched. Mm-hmm. Why was that? And this is kind of a deeper question. The other one's a little more fun. Okay. Well, but we're going to start with the deep one. Um, why was One Life something that you just want to be a part of launching? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh can I give you two answers? I would love that. A, a, a two-part answer to that. So the, the first the first why was in 1990, I had an experience uh, out at a vineyard church in California. And there were two, two calls that I received there. One was to start small groups. And so I came back uh, to Henderson, Kentucky. I was going to a Methodist church. And so I uh, at, talked to the pastor about, can I start one of these things that are called small groups? And got his blessing. And I guess I've been doing a small group now for 35 or so years anyway. So at least almost continuously of different places and different people. That is, and so I heard that call. And then the other call I heard was to plant churches. So that's 1990, 2000. So you're talking over 30 years ago. Uh, And so when this opportunity came along, I just, I just realized that that was, that wasn't something, it was just an answer to a, a call that had happened actually 20 years before that. So that was, that was my, why did I say yes to this? Now, once I've gotten involved in it, it's really what my why was and what I think God's why was are two different things. And for me, um, just a life first would be third John four, where I have no greater joy than to see my spiritual children, um, living, walking in the truth. And so I have been so amazed at the young people like yourself and just hundreds of others who are just really desiring a closer walk with Christ, you know, an abundant life, uh, a purposeful life. And so I think that's probably been more the real why behind mm-hmm. it. And and you say that, um, I think of when you say like people like me, I think of, for me, the big the big pull was always like, I want a community of people. Like mm-hmm. I wanted people to do life with. And that was a big thing that was being said a lot when I first started attending was like, we want find a place to do life with other people. And you know, that's been the most impactful thing. So uh, I'm glad you did say you yeah. know, that you want to be part of that. So, um, okay. So you're from Henderson, Kentucky. Yes. Born and raised. Um, okay. This is something I've been thinking about because I'm in Henderson every once in a while. Mm-hmm. There's some places I haven't been yet to eat. I feel like I go to the same places all the time. Okay. Where is a place that I must go to eat or anyone must go to eat and what would, should they order? Well, the, the right answer is my house. Oh. Uh, my wife is probably one of the best cooks ever. And we should probably sound bite and put that out there because mm-hmm. she probably would never listen to my podcast. But, <laughs> uh, but besides that, before you get my phone number out there, I, I would say, let, let me give you three places that are pretty divergent. One would be Roots which is on the corner of 2nd and Main. Okay. Uh, Southern food with a great creative twist. Rookies, which is a mainstay. And then Metzger's, which is different. Um, it's recently... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different. Uh, it's recently been kind of updated, a different type of... A little different menu, some of the same old things. And again... And updated place. from a lot of years ago, right? I mean, Metzger's been around for how long? Well... 70, 80, 90 years. I, I don't really know. I just know that they've really updated because now they have a door on the restaurant. So, I mean, this, <laughs> they, we've taken up another notch. The restaurant. Yeah. And they're known for the burgers, right? Is yeah. that the, the bur- thing? You go, the burgers you and bean soup. Okay. Burgers, burgers and, bean. and bean soup. Now yeah. I'm hungry. 
Yeah, it's yeah, good that's stuff. right. Why did I ask that at the beginning of a podcast? I don't, know. I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> Great timing. Great timing. Um, okay, well, uh, you talked a little bit about your message, your teaching that mm-hmm. you did, um, and I had a question a little bit about that because I know multiple times, you know, when we have conversations, you've you've taught here, even just with our staff and kind of leading mm-hmm. there and the retreats and then even some other things. We talk a lot about identity. Mm. Um, really? Yeah, it's Me? a word that that I know is is something that you're really passionate about, and. And, you know, I think sometimes when I hear you say those things, I'm like, yeah, we know that the work is complete, that, you know, healing is complete, that, you know, all those things, our identity is completely different, you know, after Jesus. But that's still something that we still have to hear all the time. Why do you think that's so hard for people to, like, just process that our identity really is different? Because it's hard for me sometimes. If it's, if it's that important to know that we're sons and daughters of God, and then, then the enemy, the one thing that he's going to try to separate us or, or get us to believe is that that we're not who God has said we are. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the simple, simple reason. Um, the other thing is, is a lot of people, the world will tell you you are what you do. Well, not, not like I was a certified financial planner, so I am a certified financial planner, but... But more of our behaviors, we, we tend to look at behaviors and believe that they dictate who we are. And that's what the enemy will do. When you hear things like, uh, well, you know, if you were a Christian, you really, really wouldn't be doing that. Uh, even though you know you are his, you know that's not the Father's voice. He's not going to say that to you. So, again, so the, the constant attack is always going to be something to get, get us to disbelieve who we are in Christ and doubt that God's a good father. It's funny you say that, like, society tells us we are what we do. Most of the time when you meet somebody, like, oh, tell me about yourself. Yeah. It's the first thing you usually talk about is your job or, you know, if your family or things like that. It's like where you're from. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Let's put that together. See, aren't you good? You showed up today? Yeah. That's good. You've already learned you're something. Welcome. Yeah, it's good. Um, okay, well, we're talking about, you know, restoration, restorative practices, spiritual practices, I, I would say, are a lot of a lot of that for a lot of people. Um what are some of your spiritual practices that have been restorative? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't think that I've, I've ever stumbled onto anything new in my, my practices. I think probably if, if you were to ask me n- not as much of what they are, because I will talk about what they are. I think how I approach the spiritual disciplines as they're called is, uh, is just different mm-hmm. because I always approach everyone relationally positionally relationally proximity wise so um i was uh, well, not was no was not a type a personality i'm still a type a personality and can be a box checker and yeah let's get this done let's get this done and so i always had trouble with the term spiritual disciplines right because i'm not a real disciplined person not not okay. just by nature i'm really not i'm not at all and so um I got a book by Richard Foster, so if you want a resource, uh, called The Celebration of Disciplines. And there was something in that book where he started talking about the important thing is not the discipline, it's the reason behind the discipline or the origin of why you're doing the discipline. So it's always about the relationship. So if I'm praying, it's about the relationship. When I'm If I'm reading scripture, Unless I'm preparing for a sermon or something, I usually just read it uh, for communion, you know, <laughs> with 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 Father. That's that's why I read it. 
And I read it uh, in this order. I didn't always read it this way, but I read it with this in mind, you know, thee, we, and me. In other words, I search, you know, in my relationship with him and then my relationship with others. And then what about me? Where'd I fit in that? It keeps me from being self-focused in, mm-hmm. in, in my in my different disciplines. Uh, some others. I'm also a meditation, but I, I define meditation um, a lot like worry. That anybody can do it. <laughs> it worries just thinking about the same thing over and over, right? Well, meditation's thinking about the same thing over and over, but it's God's word, and hmm. so I'll just, I will, I will find a verse or something that just, just sticks in a good way, and it just, okay, God, what are you speaking here? Where are you in this? You know, let's tell me about yourself. You know those types of things. So that's meditation. Again, I read scripture literally to, to spend time with Him, not not just to memorize it or. What's the principle behind this? Or it's 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 at, for the most part that's the case. Now, if I'm if I'm going to lead a group or something, I would read it differently than that. But I still need his revelation on that. You said that's different. That's something new. You haven't always done it that way. Uh, no, I haven't always. No, yeah. I haven't. I haven't. That's something I probably only stumbled uh, across the last couple of years. Hmm. So probably was there a, was there on. a struggle in in season in your life where? Uh, almost finding the Richard Foster book was part of a search of, man, I got to fix this. I'm, my mind's wandering. I'm not doing this well. I'm not very disciplined. Da, da, da. Found this book. It kind of gave me a little click that, mm-hmm. that somehow did things or was it gradual or do uh, you remember that part of it? You know, I think the, the Richard Foster thing was, was just part of that search. You know, something's missing here. You know, some right. people seem to get more out of prayer or more out of scripture reading or, uh, and, and, and actually, now that you do ask that, I do think, yeah, I do think the trip on that one was actually fasting. Uh, I didn't get fasting. So this has been about 15 years ago since I read that, maybe 18 years ago. So um, I, I read, yeah, that's right. I, was just, I just don't get fasting. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm supposed to do it or whatever, supposed to do it. Uh, so that's changed. So you had, so you had tried it? Or you just heard about it and thought, well, that's weird. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Like, I, why would anybody do that? Yeah, pretty much. Why would you do that? <laughs> why would you? I don't and eat and that became the resource for mm-hmm. um, him talking about. Yeah. And, and, and whenever, uh, yeah, the fasting is, is <laughs> it's just a, for whatever it's worth. It's just one of those things that when I'm in a groups and I'll ask people about, yeah, tell me about your fasting or a one on one tape of fasting, you always get that. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? So, um, uh, but it is probably one of the things that I've sensed God's presence the most, more than just praying, praying and fasting. I will sense his presence more than even meditation on a consistent basis. Every time I fast, this has been the response. I've never not had this response. And a lot of times it's just a 24 hour fast. Uh, every time I fast, it's like, wow, I should be doing this every day. I wish I could do this. Right. I've sensed his his presence that much more when I'm fasting. <laughs> but the thing that got me here, here's, so I'm reading this Richard Foster book. And I said, oh God, you've got to open this up to me because discipline just does not sound like relationship to me. Right. They just, I just, I had this disconnect. And so I, I got a picture and I've shared this. I don't think I've shared it in this arena, but I've shared this before. And what I saw was if, I can describe it the the best I can is there was a a, a, a rock cliff and there was a wa- water just flowing down this rock cliff and it was splashing on a ledge and underneath this ledge you could walk underneath this ledge and not get wet 
and but you could walk out on the ledge and the water would just hit you. And he just told me, he says, all that any of these disciplines are, are you moving in position to receive me or to actually receive right. more of me. So that was kind of, oh, so it's just a position. It's just, it's just getting myself in a place to encounter, enjoy, enjoy him. So, and myself, I know it sounds selfish, but it's not. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, what because what he says about me is pretty cool, yeah. and you and you. So, yeah. um, and when we talk about spiritual practices, mm-hmm. spiritual disciplines, and we're talking about restoration, and, and Brett kind of gave a little bit of a, a background on that, where some of that comes from. Do you think all spiritual practices are restorative? I think they can be. I, I you know, I, I think, you know, Sarah, that's and again, I, I have thought more and more about that since since Brett started this particular series. Um, I think that if we truly practice them, and, and, and when I say practice them, again, practice his presence through them, I think that um, it, it changes us to where we don't, we don't continue to live in seasons. Meaning that it's it's not a uh, as we started this with right you know it's not a spring summer fall winter you know always we're in this season of life I, I really believe it's uh it's like being a tree planted by the water that's always bearing fruit weather no matter what the season is so I think it's almost a preparation I think it's a it's a grace that God will give us if we walk in that it's kind of like you and I've talked about this before it's. You know, and it says, you know, that you build your one person builds on the sand and one builds on the on the rock Mm -hmm. and then the storms come. I mean, you want to go ahead and build (laughs) before the storms come. Uh, And and it's even interesting there. It's not only the only difference between it doesn't say there's any difference in the building material. It's where they're built. So, again, that's another one of those positional things. So so it's one of those that's that's not only a shelter thing, but I think it's it's a process that no matter what going on around us whatever our circumstances are relationally um, work or whatever it may be is that we can live in a restorative state so can you recall when you look back over the course of your life and and you know obviously there was a time you're like okay fasting that's a that's a strange idea why would i do that but where you kind of my soul is a little bit in tatters right now and uh, and you made an intentional step of some kind that began the healing process wow that's a that's a good question I, I think the one of the the greatest things that's ever that god's done for me is is to allow me to get to some desperate places um and I, when i mean desperate i mean it's just like you know i just you know, I just, I just can't do this something's missing god i'm not getting something here or whatever and so for me it's it's been um just, I mean, you know, <laughs> am I going to believe what he says or not? Mm-hmm. I, I know that just sounds uh, it right. sounds harsh, but when you get to a point where, yeah, I think I just trust you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Did that answer the question? Uh, somewhat. I mean, it just kind of putting yourself in a place of someone, say they have had a pretty rough year and things, you know, derailed just in the mm-hmm. course of 2020 and maybe, you know, I know some people have lost loved ones. You've got uh, people who have suffered economically and just uh, all the things that go with that. And you find yourself just entering that dark place. Are there things that you've learned that, 
okay, here I am. What are some intentional thoughts I can have or, or moves that I can make or books I can read or, or whatever? Just anything that would literally kind of take my mind through some kind of almost, for lack of a better way of putting step-by-step process to sort of wake up, get some smelling salts kind of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, that, that, smelling, that smelling salts for me is, is, is I've just been really blessed to um, remove myself as a point of reference. Um, there's, there's been a, there's been a freedom that I've been able to, to, to walk in, in the fact that I just realized that, you know, there's eternity and then there's here temporal and the eternity is truth. Never changing is God is never changing. And, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from him and whom there's no shadow of turning at all. He's constant. And so no matter what circumstances I've, I've, I've walked in and there've been some pretty, Everybody has, but there's been some pretty horrendous ones in my life over, over time, pretty traumatic yeah. things. But even through those, even it was always like, where am I going to go? <laughs> You've got the words right. of life. You yeah. are the words of life. So, so maybe I'm just eat, maybe it's just easier for me to, to give up in the terms of surrender and say, oh, okay, yes, Lord, you're, you right. bring it all in perspective for yeah. me. I don't know, if, again, if that answered your question. No, it, it does. Remove myself as a point of reference. It's a, I've not heard it phrased that way before, yeah. which is a good one, by the way. Yeah. yeah. It's a, I, know, I know that, Mark, a lot of, you, you get to sit and just talk to a lot of people. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's something that <laughs> lot, um, yeah. has been really helpful. I mean, we haven't interacted a ton, but a lot of times when we do, it's like on something probably specific or mm-hmm. you're just like, hey, how's things going? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of people just feel really comfortable coming in and having conversation with you and we talk about restorative things and the and the moments of like just trying to restore ourselves or maybe even obviously in that and that phrasing I know you'd say that we don't restore that God does I know that and it's not but you know what I'm saying like in this midst of like trying to I don't know um awaken ourselves back up after a year of kind of feeling very different in a lot of ways what are some of the things that people come to you most that you wish everyone just had maybe one or two things that they could continue to remember that would help them through some of the most common things that you hear. Okay. Let, let me, let me come back to that. And when you say that we don't restore ourselves, I agree. Yes, you, mm-hmm. you, you know that, but we do make a choice to be restored. We do make that choice. Just like if, if something's going to happen in my house, my wife's going to tell me I can do it, right? <laughs> She's not going to get permission or give mm-hmm. somebody permission to do it. So, so again, it's that positional moving yourself back in the position of, of restoration, so, so the second question is, or that wasn't the question, was it? So, <laughs> what are the things that many people come to me about? Yeah, things maybe oh. you hear about, and you're like, man, if everyone could get, you know, a couple of these things, that some yeah. of this stuff would be a little bit easier to process through. Well, one, you you, you had a podcast a couple of weeks ago on forgiveness. Mm. Is probably the it's probably the one that I I see that uh, the biggest lies are built around. So, so. So let me let me start with that. So I would have to say the the thing that I see the most whenever I'm talking to people, I'm always looking for the lies that they believe. So no no matter what the trauma is, the issue is not the trauma. It's what have you believed, what lie have you believed about yourself mm-hmm. or about God or about others because of what you've gone through. So I'll spend a lot of my time just listening, and it's so easy. It's it's really easy to hear the lies, and it, it's kind of like uh, whenever uh, God um, to, told Adam, says, 
Well, who told you that? Right. And so it, it, it is that dispelling the lies. I, I will have to say that most people need that particular curse broken by God's truth more than they need prayer. When they come up and say, man, would you pray for me for this? And it, it's usually it's usually they need truth is what they need. And I don't mean that harshly, but it, it just is. That's the number one thing that I see are the lies that people believe. What's the most common lie you think people believe? That uh, going back to the forgiveness thing is that God can't forgive me. That God, God can't forgive me. And then the one that's the next kin to that is that I can't forgive somebody else. Hmm. Yeah. To, to this point, um, uh, is it Luke? Mm-mm. It's in Luke. I'll, we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> where, where the disciples. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Luke, Maybe yeah. a few yeah. years from now. Hey, we'll be back. Yes. I'll be glad to talk. So, well, you know, oh, um, let's see. Lord, I'll, oh, increase our faith. Right. Remember the increase, mm-hmm. Lord, increase our faith. Well, that came on the on the heels of, you know, forgive your brother if he does this seven times. It, this wasn't even the seven times seventy. It's just, just forgive. Right. So th- their their biggest issue with belief or faith came on the heels of forgiving. So here it's a big it's an issue. Right. But God says forgiveness is a spiritual thing. I'm not saying that it's not expressed through the soul, but it's still a spiritual thing. And so I'm just, if he, if he says he can forgive you, he really will. He can. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's noteworthy uh, because we, uh, the conversation with Paul brought the message from Paul where, where I asked, we asked him, okay, what's the number one thing that you, that you deal with? And so it's the same uh, well, you don't do this professionally. You, you, you've talked with a lot of people and pray with mm-hmm. a lot of people and same pattern, which is kind of fascinating. Again, it was surprising to me of all the different subjects that could be there. Uh, but it's noteworthy to all of us. If we, if we think through what our hangups may be, they're probably yeah. rooted somewhere in the forgiveness issue, whether God forgiving us or us forgiving others. Yeah. Because, because what forgiveness does is it, it, it's, it's chain. It, 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 it limit, it limits your freedom. And, and when I think of freedom, you know, the world would say, well, what's freedom? Well, I can do whatever I want to do. Well, you know, freedom in the kingdom is the freedom to do the thing in which he's designed and desired and called and empowered me to do. And, and what the enemy does is he will get, he will allow forgiveness to be like a chain to, 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 to stake us so we can't run the race. We can't run and accomplish the things in love that he's called us to do. So it just makes sense that that would be one of the main things. The other, the other thing is, um, I, I, and I talked about lengthening change too. I, I've seen people kind of go through a forgiveness, but one of the biggest issues with that is they don't, um, they don't really call the sin out for what it really is. You know, they'll sugarcoat it or they'll whitewash it or whatever. Uh, they'll limit it, and and there's not a real forgiveness that that happens. They may feel a little better, but the truth is, is it's still there. All they've done is take the stake up, moved it around to the backyard where the scenery's a little different, but it's they're still they're still chained. So so it's definitely forgiveness that would be the in the lies that uh, that uh, the enemy builds around that. Yeah, I know. I, I talked to you a little bit about this. We were talking on the phone last week of. I've been reading this book, and one of the things in this book was talking about um, that it's so, like, it, our brains can't quite process um, this idea that 
that God loves us unconditionally. Like we don't understand, like it just doesn't make sense. So the only way for us to make sense is we end up putting conditions on things in a way that we don't. And even in that, as you're talking about forgiveness, it's like, we're kind of doing the same thing. We continue to put conditions on other people based upon Mm -hmm. what we believe to be, and some of that may be healthy. I get when you put some boundaries in some places that probably need them, but ultimately like then we are even putting conditions on ourselves. We can't forgive ourselves because we think God can't forgive us. I mean, is that similar? Like, do you see that like in happening? I think, I think for me, um, yeah, I, 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 again, I just still think that it's such a, a spiritual stronghold of not believing that we are forgiven, mm-hmm. that we are loved perfectly, that there must be something I must do or maintain or attain to to be forgiven. And, and again, it's 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 a it's a total, total trap, uh, a total trap. How do we get there? What do we do? What do we need to do? How do we change it? it, it, Yes. So again, you know, we don't, that's, that's again, that when we someday, maybe we'll get, we'll, we'll get into some of this, this kingdom, what the difference between God's kingdom and the kingdom of this world is, is there such a, uh, in this world we must achieve. And whereas in the kingdom, everything's received. And so, no, Sarah, this, I've just got to say it, it. It is still by faith. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that um, you know, I, I just cannot do. It's something that happens on a spiritual basis. We try to rationalize it. We try to understand it. But you, you really, in some ways, it's beyond understanding. Is that is it okay to stay say here? It's okay to say. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, no one's required to agree with it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> good point. Good point. Good point. But because things of the spirit are spiritually discerned, you know, you, they're they're understood. It's it's like you, you can't hear with your eyes, you can't see with your ears. Faith is an organ that receives the spirit, and so it's by faith that we receive and understand the spiritual things, and so. Uh, I, it may be easier for some to um, accept things like mm-hmm. that from a faith point of view. So, but again, forgiveness is is really number one. I mean, I think that's where we start. That's and where new life comes from is forgiveness. It's funny accepting forgiveness. When you say, you know, some people might say that's easier. Like I know people say that to you sometimes. They're like, well, you don't understand. It's, it's just easy for <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. And <laughs> and you would say it's not. Like, but it's something yeah. that maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, is it is it because I'm 63 and you know I've seen a lot of counseling just get a lot of people nowhere. Uh, that's not I'm not against counseling. Just you know, for that 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 that'll get some responses. Yeah, yeah. The for the record, yeah. For you know, the record, yeah. I've had enough counseling. You know, as like Jimmy Buffett to spend enough on counseling to buy Miami. And and there was some from I've got a Christian counselor that a brother that I've I've worked with for years. It's been very good, but he always points me back to Jesus. Right? He always he always points me back to the love of the Father. Always, mm-hmm. always, and. And so that is the root is, is, you know, is knowing his perfect love, total forgiveness. Uh, and that's where the, the, the freedom comes from. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's easier to me or just, I just get tired of hearing the lies and see the bondage that, that people are in. Just Was just, there a time when it was harder for you though? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm, I'm sure it was. You know, Brad, it's, it's, it's interesting. About four years ago, I was in the office. 
uh, so I still had my practice. I'm in the office and I'm th- little things. I mean, I found myself upset with little things. And it's, this is almost the opposite of what you would think. You know, we've heard, if you're not faithful in small things, then you can't be faithful in large things. But the truth was, was there was something where I had, when I say disconnected my relationship, that time with him, that restorative time that I usually was spending with him, had, had, um, had dwindled. And, and what I realized was, is, you know, this is a lack of faith. This is just this was just a total lack of me walking in the faith that he's already given me in that why would I be upset about anything? I know that sounds weird to say too, but because it wasn't going my way, which means if it wasn't going my way, then I must think I'm God because it's not going my way. You know, he's got this wrong. <laughs> and but so so I think it's been a constant sensitivity to hear him. Uh, continue to draw me into, you know, you know, I, you really can't trust me. I, I really am good. You really can't trust me. So it's been, yeah, I think there's been some process in, in that, in that faith side of, of, of walking. Has it always been easy? No. Uh, is it easier now than it used to be? Yes. Has it been easier for me than others at times? I'm sh- I'm sure some struggle more in that area than others. Right. Trying to think of another good question here. (laughs) I've got, I've got one, but I'm sure it necessarily fits. But I was even thinking of, you know, we talk about, we've been saying this and we've been talking about the last year was hard for a lot of people. Um, And in the sense, you know, talking about um, even, this is more of my last question, so I guess I'll just ask it, but um, <laughs> this is something that... It's what I was waiting on. Yeah. I knew it was, it was there. Uh, weren't using it. Also, can I have you pull the mic a little bit, a little yeah. bit closer? How about I get closer? How's oh, that? yeah, that's great. Then I can turn you down a little bit. Um, and... Um, I've sat still pretty long here, you know. You're doing a great this job. You're rolling, my, too. You're like rolling back and forth. Okay, so we, we had a conversation. This is some months back, and um, I remember you telling me that kind of as you've been around um, when bad things happen around you mm-hmm. that initially you just don't really have a reaction. Yeah. You don't have an initial reaction. And I remember looking at you and thinking, what? Like, how do you <laughs> not have a reaction? Like for me, like the emotion inside of me kicks in and I start having, whether it's shutting down, sometimes it's shutting down. Sometimes it's getting like asking a lot of questions because I need all the information. Yeah. Um, and, or, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, this, intense you know crying or emotion like there's a lot of different emotions that come up and when we see really terrible things happening around us but you said you don't you just don't have an initial reaction like tell me about that yeah, really <laughs> how, how does that happen uh, probably some childhood stuff in that um yeah I, I i wish i wish i could the only thing that i can relate it the only explanation i probably have is that um I just, uh, how I think I've been blessed to, to see, to see people in a different way than most do. So just from a, um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I've got to be careful in the way I say this. It's just like a, it's like I, th- I see them as a father, you know, um, it's not just because I'm older than most everybody I know, but it's just, I just see them with the grace. It's just like, you know, it's just like, wow, can you imagine, you know how much God loves you? You know how much God loves you? And so it's a, it's not as much a nothing as it is 
it's almost a wow. You know, you just see the image of God in other people. And so (laughs) it's almost like I cannot explain that. It's as though everything first goes into neutral. And and Brett, you, you know, you and I both have talked to so many people, and even in pastoral roles, it, there's some pretty awful things, oh. you know, from awful confessions and awful confessions of things that have happened to people. But even in that, I just always have a sense of hope um, in every every situation. So you see their true identity over mm-hmm. above the action. First, always, always. And no, I mean, that's some, I mean, that is a gift. I mean, I think because so often, you know, that's something that everyone, when we talk about forgiveness being something that we can't do, I think when really, when you get down to it, that's what we're doing is we're focused on the action Mm -hmm. or we're focused on identity of, Mm -hmm. of, of who someone Mm -hmm. is. And maybe, maybe they don't see that identity yet. And maybe that's part of the, the issue that's happened there. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. Fred, do you have reactions when things happen? Do I have reactions when people? Oh, well, sure. Because <laughs> I'm normal. <laughs> I'm abnormal. There's no doubt about that. I, I just, when you said that, I remember thinking like, I, and my first thought was like, I wish I was that way. And then I started thinking, I'm like, no, I don't necessarily think I want to be that way either. I just think I want to react differently in some situations. Yeah, as no, everyone that's probably does, true. As everyone that's probably does. true. Yeah. But, but I started thinking, I was like, it's just a really fascinating thing when we think about um, you know, faith and, and being able to focus on like what we see of people. I don't yeah. know. It's just really fascinating. Yeah. I found myself getting the older I get being more hopeful in light of those things. I think some of that is developed over time. Cause you mm-hmm. do, you learn, you learn through, you know, just different situations. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't react now to this immediate thing because yeah. this is a long story Yeah, and being able exactly. to say, you know, there's other chapters here. Uh, and, yeah. and I have experienced more of that because you, yeah. you experience that in your own life because mm-hmm. how many chapters have you been through and thought that chapter ended really bad <laughs> is, is the next one even possible to get you too? better. And, yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. The, but the, the, the next one did get better and it, and it enfolded that bad one into good. I've seen a lot of that, yeah. but I, I don't think I'm quite on the, the quite bizarre level that you are, but uh. Uh, yeah, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even then, you know, even sometimes I, I could look at some of my chapters. I still see that even I would, I have a hard time saying they were many of them were bad. Some, there was not that there wasn't tragedy in some of them, right. but I just see God's redemption all over the story. And so I think that's, that's part but that's also part of being able to bring hope to somebody else, right? Because yeah. that's usually what they're looking for. That's true. I heard it said, you know, the person who has uh, the most hope has the most influence. You know, <laughs> if you find somebody in a room, the one with the most hope will have the most influence. Uh, and, and that's what people need. It's hope. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about this coming uh, Sunday. It is. Really? It is. Well, it's Easter. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's not original with Easter, but it is kind of true. It's true. We'll approach it from a different angle, though. I bet. But it's true. I mean, that's uh, and what is hope and the power of it and how Mm -hmm. does it work? Because that is what you need during to be restored. Mm -hmm. You just do. And that and then that link, you know, faith is a substance of things hoped for. So there's that that link between those. Yeah. Mark, any? um, I know you mentioned the one book. Any other resources or anything you'd recommend for people? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm probably more glad that I remember. 
So there have been obviously scripture and the way I like to read scripture again is, is more of a relational uh, time with him thing. Um, then uh, abs- absolute surrender and abiding in Christ. I thought you were going to bring up the abiding. That's what everybody's gotten tired of me talking about abiding in Christ. No, so. I don't even have it on my notes. That's Andrew Murray um, in, in Christendom. Um, it was written way after Christ came, um, like 1890. So, um, yeah, that's those, those are two. And, you know, another book I think that's been very, very, very formative for me. It's a, it's a book that a lot of people haven't heard of. It's uh, Actually, there's two more now I think of it. The Rest of the Gospel <laughs> by a fellow named Dan Stone. And, and the subtitle is, is when the partial gospel has worn you out. It's really good. It's really good because he does a good job of, of putting the eternal and the temporal in perspective. He does a great job of, you know, what Christ has already done on the cross, you know. And what I find is, is most of us are trying to achieve something he's already done instead of walking in what he's already paid for and being empowered by him. Mm. But great, great book, the rest of the gospel. And then the other one is, um, you talk about a restorative practice, is uh, by a fellow named Brother Lawrence was a letters of a, a monk. Uh, I don't know when that was written, maybe. Oh, that's a great question. I'm not sure. 1600. A while back. Yeah, it's a while. You get, yeah. A little while back, yeah. yeah it's a way back. <laughs> I mean, oh, older than 130, it's more like 300 and 400 years old. So that, that's been good, just the practicing the presence of God. So it just doesn't matter what I'm doing or where I am. I'm practicing his presence. It's kind of mm-hmm. like ministries whoever you're with, right? Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. something I go do. It's, it's, it is, it's, it's born out of, of Christ who lives in me. So who is my life? So those are, those are th- what, scripture, um, um, abide in Christ, absolute surrender, the rest of the gospel and the partial gospels are worn out. And then brothers Lawrence practicing the presence of God. So, yep. Mm. And there all, you go. We do need pride. You know, some of them and the Richard Foster book. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Celebration uh, of discipline. The, yeah, Good it stuff. is. It's considered uh, all those are considered kind of classics. I hadn't heard of the one by, you say his last name was Stone? Yeah, yeah. Dan Dan Stone. I Dan Stone. I had Kentucky. not heard of that one. I've heard of the other ones. Yeah. He's from Kentucky as well. Of course it's good. <laughs> of course. Of course, <laughs> of course. Of course it is. Yeah, that's Groundbreaking. Right. Yeah. He probably eats at Rookies. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put that on my list. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't been there. I'm interested I can't a lot. believe it either. Yeah, you got to fix that. We need an yeah, Great green, uh, fried green tomatoes. I do love mm-hmm. fried green tomatoes. Yes, I love those. Yeah, especially Rookies. Yes, very good place. Yeah. Before we uh, wrap up with some closing thoughts, Mark, would you pray for us? And, oh, yeah. You know, even just kind of as we think about these things for people mm-hmm. listening and yeah. um, watching and really even just a blessing in our church. Yes, that's good. Thank Lord, you. I thank you. I thank you for this chance just to, I think, share with you and then for us to share you. So um, I, I pray that this uh, this new season that you are taking us into will be one of permanence that we will be able to learn to be that tree that's planted by the water, that bears its fruit season in and season out, that we will not be swayed by the things that come and the circumstances and the relationships because we know that we know that we know that you love us absolutely, completely, and that you are our God and our circumstances and our relationships are not. But you want to not only restore us fully, but you also want to restore relationships relationships and your love to other people. I ask that we would become a church 
of truly of, of, of ministers that we're, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, where we're raising kids or we're working uh, at a car lot, whatever, whatever it is, whatever we're doing in the grocery stores, that Lord, that we may truly be carrying your presence and that we may be present of mind to see the people right in front of us as you do, that we may see your image, your image in them. And that we may be able to speak truth, hope, and love to them, the things that you desire that them to know, that you, Lord, may come and you may bring your heaven into them and into our presence. And Lord, I do ask that you that you transform our cities, our cities here on both sides of the river, that 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 we may have communities that people drive in and say, something's going on here something God you're up to something here that they may meet people here that will be transformative agents in their lives Lord I ask that more more than just a revival that may fall in some church but that each of us may carry your revival along with us and as we go I thank you. I thank you for this particular ministry and continue to move us along in unity, in unity, that they may know that we love you. They may know that we are yours by the way that we love one another. Amen. 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 That was good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Mark, thanks for hanging out with us today. This is good. Yeah. Are we done? We finished? Pretty much Can I come back? Let's yeah, you can come back anytime. <laughs> I'm hoping to get some, like I talked about this earlier, I want to get some more comfortable furniture in here. So we just chill yeah. and hang out, have some conversation. Kind of warm in here. It takes- yeah, we have to turn all the air off so the air doesn't make the noise over the microphones. Are we still being recorded? Yeah, we're still on. Oh. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh. Any, well, so this week, coming weekend yes. is Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, yeah. I have to, I have to admit something on the podcast. Oh. So uh, Brett wrote a script for something. That we're using on Easter, and I made some changes to it, and I feel bad about it still. Is that the confession? <laughs> she still feels bad about it. I feel bad about it. I was when nervous. she first told me about it, she said, well, I actually rewrote most of it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Not that it was bad. It was just the way I was reading it. it was funny. So when you put it that to... way, I thought, did you leave anything? Like, did yeah. I get anything yeah, really? in there? Is there a remnant? Well, we thing? heard it today, and I thought it was fantastic. We're going to oh, run it on yeah. Easter, and, and so I, I was glad for the rewrite. It was good. Well, normally there's, well, well I mean. I was glad I got in there somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, we. Our team, we all work together really well, and you, you got to take a vacation, which seemed like it was great. I'm glad you guys was, got to do that. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't get to have that normal collab kind of back and forth. And so I was like, right. I, I just got to make decisions. So I was scared. I, I know how you feel. And she was scared. When I got the, the book back from the editor, yeah, I go, oh my, I wrote that? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, check me out. I'm, yeah. I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other closing thoughts? Uh, no, just show up Easter. We're going to continue the restore thing and a few weeks beyond it just to uh, really push it down into the culture so we can mm. continue this conversation because it's been a year and we probably need more than just a few weeks to yeah. really explore it on the deep levels. Yeah. And um, also, I was going to read this on the podcast and I, I forgot. I'll have to do this. I'll start out with the next episode with this, but we got an email in from someone just sharing some of their feedback on the podcast. So I want to say thank you uh, to them and we'll I'll read more of that on the next episode. Um, but if anybody has any 
any questions, anything that comes up as for Mark, I mean, feel free to pass this along. Uh, email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. Um, also, wherever you're watching or listening now, uh, leave us some feedback. That really helps. Share this out. Um, helps us uh, just kind of get this content out even further because we want more and more people to feel like they have a place where they can go um, to continue talking about restoration. So mm. um, thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we will see you next time.